Amen. We've been, we've been talking about the life of David really uh, in a series of how to kill a giant. We just didn't want to tell you that because, you know, it sounds like David and Goliath, and we all think we know everything about this, so we just wouldn't come to that. But the reality is, is that there's so much stuff in here. And, 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 and I'm going to show you some stuff today. I think in church we've just taught it wrong backwards. Uh, we've had a false belief system even about this stuff. And, uh, uh, but how many, know, how many know that the day David took out Goliath, he did not get out of bed that day thinking to himself, I'm going to go kill me a giant. He just was doing life, right? He, he was just doing what, what, he, what he always did. He just got up and went to work. He's got up and went to work, diligently completing tasks that have been delegated to him. You know, maybe if you'd like to have a breakthrough life, you know, looking for something different this year in my life, looking for something different this summer. You know, at the end of the summer, I don't want to just be, well, why don't you just diligently pursue that which has been delegated to you? The, The opportunity that God's already given you. How about you just do that well? I didn't think I'd get a huge amen, but I thought I'd get something, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, David, David, remember, remember David, he, he didn't get called in, uh, you, know, uh, you know, by the king to play the, the harp because uh, he had really cool business cards with a, fly, a dove flying with a Bible printed on his back. You know, that wasn't the deal. He, 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 he didn't have a neat T-shirt or bumper sticker. No, he, he, he played the harp well. Huh? What he did, he did really, really, really well. He he could he he could shred the strings on that harp. And so he 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 just he got a job playing. He was the personal musician for the king, but he didn't even give up the part-time job that he was doing for his dad, watching those sheep. And he was just out there diligently doing whatever whatever task was given to him. He was just doing it. And, and I think that that's one of the things about a holiday crowd that I really like is that we're just doing a lot. This is what we do. You know, we got people from out of town. This is just what we do. We go out of town, but we still find a place of worship. Why? Because it's our lifestyle. It's our habit. We're going to be someplace celebrating God, right? And well, why? We, you know, because you don't know. This could be the day that God drops something into your spirit. That, you know, in Isaiah, it says, uh, that you will hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left or the right. A word behind you is not an angel on assignment, but a word behind you is a word from the past that comes up in your present that unlocks the door to your future. You'll hear a word behind you say, here you go. This is the way to go. You got a decision. And today, you know, I don't know, something might drop in you. It's kind of like a spiritual, uh, you know, a spiritual meal and you got too much. So you just take some home, put it in your Tupperware container, put it in the fridge and mark it so you can find it later. And and you might have a friend this year, maybe one of your friends this year that'll be diagnosed with cancer. And you'll be the guy who can go to the fridge, pull it out and say, hey, I got life here. You don't need cancer. You can have life. And, and, you know, I don't know what you're going to grab onto today, but I would grab onto something. Why? Because this is what we're doing. This is part of our character, just being diligent in the thing that God's given us to do, right? And that's what, that's what David was doing, and, uh, and it opened the door for his opportunity. And really, you know, he's just, he's just got that character, and that character's flowing in him. And, and, and uh, you know, even, even before he's called in, when he's, he's just out taking care of the sheep, and, and seven brothers, seven other brothers tried to answer the call. But they couldn't. Now, I'm telling you, if you just stay diligent at what God's given you, nobody else can rip you off. You're not going to miss your destiny moment. 
You just stay diligent, and he's just out there, and he's, you know, and, and then he comes in, and he gets anointed. Where's he go? Right back out to the sheep, and, uh, and, and he just keeps working at it. And then one day he gets another call, and, and Jesse, his dad, calls him up, and, and, and he, it's not so that he can have some overtime. It's because dad's worried about the brothers. And look at 1 Samuel 17, 20, and David's gotten this call, and it says, uh, early in the morning, David left the flock with the shepherd. Uh, this, is, this is like that night dad called up, hey, I'm sending you out. You're going to be like the Jimmy John boy and take sandwiches to your brother. Early in the morning... He didn't put it off. He didn't, he didn't say, I've, wait, I, I can't do that anymore. I was anointed king a while back. Don't know if you remember that. I'm, I'm king. They're servants. They should be bringing me stuff. I like grapes. No, he's just early in the morning. He left the flock with the shepherd. By the way, when you leave one thing to go do another thing, make sure that the thing that you're responsible is covered by somebody who can handle it. Don't just run off and leave your stuff. It, well, I, you know, well, the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord come upon me. And I, finish your responsibility. Make sure you're covered. And look, he loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He could, t- he could follow directions. Look at somebody say, he could follow directions. Look, uh, David gets there. Uh, you, you know the story. They're shouting the war cry. Drop down to verse 26. David's heard all of this stuff. And, and it says, David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? And, and uh, a couple of statements here you got to see. But So obviously, there are, everybody's sitting around talking about what happens for the guy that kills Goliath. And so it's not like he's the only guy that knows this. He's heard this from them, right? And so, and so he's just asking the question, what's going to happen when, when you kill the Philistine? Uh, and, and who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Just this week, you know, here's a little homework assignment. Just work that statement into a phrase, into a sentence. Use uncircumcised Philistine in a sentence this week. I double dog dare you. You know, when, when, you're, when you're going out to dinner or something and just, just hey, uh, did you see that uncircumcised Philistine over there and the way he's looking at you? You know, and just use it a lot because... We've been doing it. It's a lot of fun. Okay. I just, want you, I, just want, <laughs> I just want you to see something, that the same threats, it wasn't anything new. For 40 days, these guys have been listening to this voice. And the, and the, same, the same threat that they'd listened to for 40 days, within 40 minutes, David's ready to do something about it. It's just telling us something about his character. He has a willing spirit. Uh, I mean, you just read, go back and st- read it all again and look at every time he's given, man, he's, he's on it. And he shows up and, and he's hearing this and he's on it. And, and it's, I'm, I'm just talking, that just kind of amazes me because a lot of people go for 40 days, 40 years messing around with stuff that you could get handled in 40 minutes if you just get on it. He's got passion. Well, yeah, but David was anointed. So are you. Okay? You're anointed. I said you're anointed. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has now quickened your mortal body. You got something going on in you. I mean, I, I get that the enemy don't want you to know it, but, but, but you, you have the anointing. Okay? You have the anointing. So you got to quit acting annoying, and you just got to get into the anointing. Okay? 
The anointing. That's what you're looking for. The anointing. Look at your name and say ting. Okay. Let's get this thing going. You got ability. You got in Jeremiah 1 5. Remember when he said, Hey, I had a dream about the future and I saw where you fit and I used that dream to shape the where I was going to put you and I sanctified you. I made you different from everybody else and I ordained you. I have given you everything you need to fulfill my dream. You have abilities. You take your anointing and ability. And if you'll just add some attitude to it. Come on, if you just give some passion, some attitude, I'm telling you, you're going to be unstoppable. Verse 27, you know, they're, they're just repeating the promise. Uh, you're going to, who, 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 what's going to happen? Well, they're going to get their daughter in marriage and uh, no more taxes the rest of your life. Your daughter in marriage, uh, she had to be, she, she must have been hot. Well, ugly chicks aren't a big motivator. And um, he said, you know, you're going to get the daughter in marriage and no more taxes the rest of your life. I can't believe he said that. Well, I said it because it's the truth. There's, there's some reasons I did all the stuff I did to catch Shelby. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about them later. Is that all right with you? You digging this? <laughs> My boys are like, just move on. Yeah, but she's hot. Hey, if your mother wasn't so pretty, you'd be ugly too. You, got, you guys should be celebrating the beauty of your mother. Otherwise, mm-mm, ain't happening. Okay. Anybody there? Uh, we get this mindset that David, you know, he, he did this thing. Anybody there could have stepped up. Matter of fact, you read the story, and when they saw what happened, all of these guys chased off the rest. Of, I mean, they wouldn't kill the rest of them. So the guys who were, who were nervous before suddenly had a burst of energy. Anybody, anybody could have jumped up and enjoyed a new destiny, but they, they had more doubt than they had destiny. And today, I, that's what I want to talk about for a couple of minutes is, is how, how to, uh, you know, instead of being, uh, you know, undermined by doubt, find a destiny belief that, my God, he's created me for something. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to build my destiny. I'm not going to let my doubts be built. I'm going to destroy the doubt and, and go after my destiny. And that's what David had going for him. And you've got to understand that anybody who has great destiny is going to have to face great doubts. Doubts aren't just going to go away. No, they're going to come at you all the time. All the time. All, all the, everybody say all the time. You got to understand this all the time. Anything God anoints is going to face opposition. Now, don't be all freaked out that there's opposition. It just blows my mind. You, you know, when we go golfing here, and uh, uh, nobody stands out there and talks about how windy it is because we live in tri cities. It's always windy. I mean, you know, uh, there's a couple of guys that, that whine about the wind, well, normally because we only take them when it's blowing like 50. Yeah. But 
you know what's weird is is that what they talk about when you're out when you're out here, you know what they talk about? <gasps> no wind. There's it's perfect today. No wind. That's what we talk is we're shocked when there isn't wind. That's how you should be in your spiritual. You should be shocked when there isn't confrontation. When there isn't opposition. You should be going, whoa, 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 whoa. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Because we know that in just a minute, right, the wind's going to blow. There's always opposition. If you got great destiny, you're going to have to deal with great doubts. Look at verse 28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you even come down here? Who do you leave that tiny flock of sheep with? I know you're conceited, and, and, and I know how wicked your heart is. You just came down here to watch the battle. Listen, listen to all of these accusations from Eliab. Hey, uh, the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And, you know, there's a difference. I think God will show you your sin, but it's so he can change you. He never shows you your sin so he can shame you. And, uh, you know, you guys just got to get an understanding that God's a picker-upper. He's not a putter-downer. And, and God, God's always going to kind of pick you up. Now, now, don't always feel good to, to have, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit dealing with you because it's the truth, man. There's some stuff we got to change. But the, the, this accusation thing, that's not God. And I think a lot of people do. I think some of you guys dealt with it, you know, in the middle of church. Who do you think you are? Who do you even think you are? Coming to church, you act like a super saint. You lift up your chubby little hands, worship God. You know what you did with those hands. You know where they were just a few minutes ago. That's nervous laughter, people thinking I'm flowing in a gift. You know, think, think about it, the accusations. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing joining a gym? What are you doing getting on a treadmill? You were fat in July last year. You're going to be fat in July this year, too. And the accusations start coming fast and furious. You'll, you'll never keep it up. You'll never, you'll never run it off. You, why? Because you're a quitter. You always, and accusations come and come and come. Everybody's got an Eliab in their life. Hello? I mean, think about it. This would really kind of suck, wouldn't it? You, Eliab, the guy you were bringing lunch to is accusing you of a wicked heart. Well, you make your own run for the border, you jerk. You know, I'm out here bringing you lunch, and, and you're giving me all of this kind of stuff. Dude, uh, verse 29, David responds, what have I done now? I can't even talk. We raised three boys, and this just sounds like brothers to me. Siblings. You guys got kids? Did any of you have siblings? Can you relate? I mean... I bet in the car, I bet in the car early in life that David would scream out, Eliab! Because he's always messing with him. I think Eliab was one of those brothers. He's just always messing with him, always messing with him, always messing with him. And look what he did. Eliab did it. My brother was nine years older than me, I was the baby of the family. <laughs> Yeah, baby. We, we rock. I, I, I used to tell my siblings, just remember, the baby is always the favorite. Mom and dad will lie to you. But they had you, and they kept going. When they got to me, we're done. 
Perfection, can't beat it. Here I am. <laughs> when my brother was 16 years old, I had learned all his buttons. All of them. And he'd do stuff, and I'd mess with it. And he'd say things, and I'd mess with it. And he'd want things, and I'd undermine it. And, he'd do, and he would always go to my mother. And he was just always, 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 you know, just freaked out. And finally, one day, she set him down. And she explained to him, you will never win the argument against him. Speaking of me. He's gifted. (laughs) Some of you have experienced that gift. Because you start, I win. I'm just going to win. And uh, she she told my brother, she said, listen. If you want to survive, you must become better at ignoring him than he is at arguing with you. Dude, profound wisdom. We used it with our boys because uh, two of them would pick on the other one quite often. Correct? And one of them, and I, I don't want you know, to uncover the bad boys. Because you know me, I'd never do that. But uh, Evan used to come to me, and he'd say, (laughs) Evan would come, and he'd say, I can kill him. I I can take him out. Because, you know, he he was older, they were younger, and and they they started learning his buttons. But he knew if he hurt him, he'd have to move. And we used to tell him, they're only doing it to get your response. So we taught him, get good at ignoring them, get better at ignoring them than they are at getting at you. Can I just tell you something today? That with that accuser of the brethren thing, if you would just get better at ignoring him, then he is at arguing with you because you're never going to win the argument with him. He's got, he's got a little experience on you. Okay? And, and, and you're never going to win the argument. But if you can get better at ignoring him than he is at arguing with you, you you're going to go, I mean, you're going to have victory. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It's, I said it's going to be crazy. And, and, and look, look, look what David did. What David did next is like brilliant. You know, I mean, brilliant. Verse 30. He then turned away to someone else. And brought up the same matter. Here's what you want to do. You want to learn the turn. Because here comes the accuser. And he starts just messing with you. And you know that you have this assignment in life. Victory. But you have this accuser that tells you, you know, learn the turn. Because he's right, he's right there. He's right there. Come here, Chris. Come here. Chris is like the bad person. I was going to say I was, but that would be so hard for you to, to wrap your mind around. So we'll just make it, we'll just make it him. And so, so, so he's, he's confronting you. Just learn the turn. Why? Why? Continue to stand and listen. I tell you what, look, look what David did. Look up there. You stand there. Don't move. 
He turned away to somebody else and brought up the same matter. Why? Because David knew this Jack right here, this guy, he doesn't have the authority to grant or deny permission in my life. And if he doesn't have the authority to grant or deny permission, why would I listen to him tell me what I can and cannot do? And the people, and just so you get this, I just want you to hear this. The people telling me it can't be done should stop interrupting us while we do it. You can go sit down. Give him a hand. He's awesome. He's really not the bad guy. He just looks the part. You, you got <laughs> to learn the turn. Look at somebody say, learn the turn. Matter of fact, practice on the person sitting next to you. Just go, mm-hmm. Okay, just learn the turn. Get some attitude and, 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 you know, quit worrying about what people are saying about you. Who cares what people are saying about you? I'll tell you where the enemy's going to get you is talking to you about the stuff that people don't know about you. It's the stuff that you know about you that the devil uses against you to try to keep you from going to where God wants you. And, and, and when the devil accuses you, you just need to turn away. Hello, somebody. You just need to learn the term. Stop acting like a three-year-old. Eliab, who cares? Learn the term. Okay, because I tell you what was irritating at our house is when the boys were messing with them, but what was even more irritating was when he'd whine about it. When all you have to do is hit the off button. Just ignore them. Well, no, I want them beaten down. I want them ejected from the house. I want them removed from the family tree. (laughs) Why don't you just grow? That's not fair. Exactly. Why? Because life ain't always fair. So learn the turn. Amen? And because he learned the turn, others heard. And they started talking about it. And then the king hears about it. And the king literally sins for David, right? Look at verse 32. David said to Saul, don't let anybody lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. Here's the next thing that the enemy does to try to build doubt. Listen, you are not able. You are only. I wonder how many people in this room right now are hearing that in their life. You're not able to stand against that addiction. You're just a loser. You're not able to know God's best in family life. You've been married like nine times. You can't. You're not able to run your own business. You're just a minimum wage employee at best. I wonder how many of us are having to deal with that belittling spirit that says you're not able because you're just not good enough. It doesn't make any difference how much anointing you got on your life, how much destiny and call that God's put over you. You're still going to have to deal with accusation and with that belittling spirit. Because that's how, the, that's how the enemy works, guys. He's going to come and he's going to tell you, you, you can't do that. You, you can't, you know, good Lord, you, can, you can't get a 30,000 square foot building and, and grow the church. You guys, you just don't have that kind of info. You don't have that kind of money. You can't have a, a building debt free. You're just, and guys, I don't care who you are, you're going to have to deal with that belittling spirit. 
But if you just, if you can, hey, first got to learn the turn, but then you got you to get some attitude, and all of a sudden you'll actually be doing the stuff that everybody said couldn't be done. I mean, and Saul's going off on him here, and, and, and you know, I, I mean, look at it again. He said, you know, uh, you're not able, you're just a kid. And look at what David said in verse 34, but David said to Saul, but David, in the Bible, anytime you hear a but, something's about to happen. Look at somebody and say, how big is your butt? I just wanted to say that. I just. You're not able, but you don't know my God. Hello? Listen to what he said. I mean, and you got to get this picture in your mind now. They're having, the king saying, you can't, you're not able. You're just a kid. And listen to what he says. Wait a minute. I have been watching sheep. Oh, well, by all means, then, go face the giant. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of weird? You can't play in the Super Bowl. Wait a minute. I drive a Ford. Okay, let him in. Doesn't make any sense, but here's where he's at. I've been watching sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep, look at verse 35, I went after it. You need to underline that in your Bible. Here's an attitude you need to get. Just get after it. Just get after it. Well, I'm afraid of failure. Well, you can't possibly succeed sitting thinking about failure. You're not going to have victory worrying about whether or not you can do it or not. Just get after it. You know what? There's a lot more credit to be given to the people who will just get after it even if they don't always hit the home run. Just, just get it. Look at somebody. Tell them, get after it. And he said, I went after it. I struck it. I rescued it from the, from the thing's mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Love the violence. You know what I notice here is that David has this mindset, and I think a lot of believers, you know what we want to get after, what we'd like to seize? We want to seize an opportunity. David was willing to seize a problem. See, you're, 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 you're wanting to get after some, some opportunity, some golden door, and David's willing to, to go after the issue that's got the door shut. He's like, you know what? I'd rather die fighting for freedom than live in this type of bondage. So I'm just going to get after it. You know, that thing that's been messing with your life, that's been, uh, you know, just ripping you off? Why don't you just get after it? Why, why don't you just, just realize, you know what, I'm just going to go deal with this problem. And, and, and he said, I, I seized it, verse 36, your servant killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, he's going to be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. Look at 37. The Lord who rescued me, the Lord who rescued me, from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear, you're thinking, I, I ain't never fought a lion and a bear. Cut that part out. You're missing the point. The Lord who rescued me will rescue me. Do you see it? The Lord who rescued you will rescue you. The Lord who picked you up out of the miry clay, set your feet upon a rock, put a new song, even praising to God in your mouth. 
will once again come and help you out again. And Saul said to David, good luck. That's basically what that means. And then, how am I doing? We've got like two minutes. Okay. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. And David fastened on his own sword and tunic and tried to walk around because he was not used to it. He said, I can't go on these. And he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Everybody say, he took them off. Look at somebody say, take it off. No, be careful. Good. But some of you guys need to take some stuff off that you put on. It's somebody else's armor. Somebody else's mindset. Somebody else's stuff. You take that off. You have three images. Okay? You have a perceived image, a projected image, and a true image. Your perceived image is the way you think everybody sees you. Your projected image is the way you hope everybody sees you. And then there's the true image, the true you. Okay? That anointing that's on you is not on your projected image. You're, you're pushing out an image. You want everybody to say, this is who I am. That's not anointed. You have a perceived image. That's how you think everybody sees you. That's, that's not where your anointing's at. You're, let, me, let me tell you where your anointing's at. It's being the, the, the true you. That's why you got to get the word of God in you and let him just change you so that you, you could, because you just got to grow in you. You got to take off all that stuff and you got you to take it off. You just, you just got to gotta take it off. Here's the enemy. He's trying to build doubt, but if you can't, can't build doubt, notice what he did. He, he accused him. He belittled him. And then he tried to get him to go in somebody else's anointing. No, I think not. David took a staff in his hand, verse 40. Chose five smooth stones from the stream. Look, and he approached the Philistine. I just want to say this to you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'd love to talk about five smooth stones, but I don't even have five more minutes. He took five smooth stones because, because uh, Goliath had four brothers. He took five stones because it was a five-fold ministry. He took five stones because it was a five-fold ministry or the five wounds of Christ. I've told you before why he took five stones. In case he missed. It's simple. Just want to be ready here. Okay, confident but not arrogant. We've been taught that, that Goliath had this huge advantage. I was raised in church my whole life. And I've been studying this stuff and going back and doing some research. And I've got to tell you something. That's, that's not the case. You know, there's so much debate about the size of Goliath. He was somewhere between six foot eight and maybe eight foot. Well, he's a big boy. That's for sure. And he was skilled at hand-to-hand combat. He came with a, seal, with a shield and a spear. And he's standing out there telling everybody, come to me. Come to me. And, and, you know, and the reason they were doing this, if you study warfare back in that time, you know, uh, there at the Valley of Elah, uh, it's, it's, you got the valley, but then there's this really high ridges on each side. And, and, and both sides knew that if we go down and then across that valley and then we have to go up as we're, climb, as we're going up to get the enemy, we're just like sitting ducks and they're just going to pick us up. They're, we're going to have so much loss of life here. So what we need to do is find a way to settle this without so much loss of life. So uh, uh, we, we pick one word, and it's, it was just, it was a natural thing. They did this a lot. This is not some weird opportunity that never occurred. No, uh, they, 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 you know, this is, the, back in that day, they just, this is one of the things they did. Okay, let's just send out the best. So here comes Goliath, and he's big. 
He's big. But, uh, uh, you know, everybody was overwhelmed by his strengths, that they, but they overlooked his weakness. And David shows up, and 40 days, remember, 40 days they've been listening to him uh, taunt, and, and in 40 minutes, David's like, this is stupid. We could take him out. Let's just not fight him on his terms. He's down there, a hand-to-hand combat warrior. Yeah, but David's a, David's a slinger. You know, they had three different types of, of warriors in those days, and one of them was the hand-to-hand combat, but they had slingers. And sl- you, 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 let me tell you something. Those guys that were good, those guys that were good with a sling, you know, they, they could hit a quarter at, at, at 75 yards and the thing's moving like a bullet. You know, I mean, and, and when David comes walking down there, he, he's not some disadvantaged guy. He's actually got this huge advantage. And Goliath's saying, come down to me. And David's like, wait a minute. I, I'm not, you know, hey, I, I'm coming, but there's, there's a spot in the battle line that I'm not crossing. I'm not going to come do hand-to-hand. I'm not fighting you on your terms. You know, you know, hey, I'm not telling you that the Goliath wasn't big. I mean, he, God grew him big and fed him garlic. But if I can smell the garlic, I might be too close. Right? Because if, if I get close enough and I fight this thing on his terms, I lose the fight because I can't do hand-to-hand with him. And some of you guys, you know, it's, it's not that you're in the wrong battle or, or, or you know, you're, it, let me put it this way. You're fighting the right fight and you're the right, you're the right guy in the right fight, but it's just your approach is wrong. See, your approach is wrong. And, and what you have to do is you have to back up and say, wait a minute. You, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that if you just wouldn't get close enough to it, if you just stay away from it, if you can just stay away from him, the enemy can't hurt you with it. There's some stuff that if you just stay away from it, he can't take you out. Now, we ain't talking about hiding from it and not ever dealing with it. We're talking about going at it, getting after it. We're going to take this thing out, but we're going to hear from God. And, and David was a slinger, and you're a slinger. Because you've got, you've got a, 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 in your artillery, you have a weapon that, that you can, that, you know, uh, that, you, that you sling. And it's every, you know, God's word is, is the rock. He picked you up out of the miry clay, set you upon the rock. I'm telling you, God's word is a rock. And that's why you get God's word, and then you, and you, start, you start getting, you know, uh, developing. You be diligent and excellent, and you, you develop your ability to use the word of God. And, and when, when, when the giant comes out and calls you out, and he hears, <laughs> and you go, next. just practice. You should try this. It'll wind you. I'm getting a little lightheaded. You want to do it? Bye. But if, but if you cross the line, you know, some of you approach God life wrong. You're trying to do God life with a secular mindset, it'll kill you. That's like doing hand-to-hand with Goliath. You got to do it God's way. You have this insane advantage. You need to quit looking at the enemy who's coming against you as, oh, he's so big. Don't be overwhelmed by his strength and overlook his weakness. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the evil one. The, The works of the evil one have been destroyed. Not broken. The chains of bondage aren't broken. The anointing destroys the yoke, right? 
It removes burdens and destroys yokes. It doesn't break the yoke. Anything that is broken can be repaired, but that which is destroyed is rendered or annihilated. It's, it's rendered powerless over you. You have this insane advantage, you, but you just have to make sure that your approach is right. So you need, you, you need the Word of God. You, you, you just need to use the Word, fling the Word, but don't get too close. You know, I'm telling you, immorality will take you out. So why don't you just stay away from that? Use the Word of God. And you're going to have family and friends that are going to look at you and say, well, I, you, you know, you're just being judgmental. No, I'm just being smart because I'm not going to die. Hello? Oh, I wish I had about another hour. I'm telling you. You need to study this stuff. But you need to understand that that doubt, that's normal. Deal with it. Learn the turn. Okay? Learn, learn, learn the turn. Don't let belittling accusations take you down. But you just walk out there, take it off. Don't, don't walk in anybody else's anointing. Get yours, and you go out, and you will demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. Amen? Come on, give God one more big hand this morning. Father, we thank you for victory. Thank you for victory, Lord.